0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast and thank you so much for listening. Today we get a chance to sit down and talk with my friend Jeff Brown about his genius note-making techniques that literally changed how I organize my thoughts, my notes, and my ideas so that they are easily accessible and useful to me in the future. Jeff is also an award-winning former broadcaster, and his podcast, Read to Lead, has been nominated Best Business Podcast numerous times, and he is also the author of the book Read to Lead, The Simple Habits That Expand Your Influence and Boost Your Career. And through his note-making mastery work, Jeff shows professionals and creatives like us how to more effectively organize, connect, and crystallize our notes, helping us put what we've learned into action more often As I said, genius. So today we are thinking big on organizing our content so we can actually use it. Now, here's Sean. We have such a special guest today. and I've been trying to get Jeff on for so long, but today we have the Jeff Brown on our podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come in and talk with us today.
1: I appreciate uh, the invitation. I uh, love what you do, and I'm so thankful to be here, so thanks.
0: I could probably do 10 different podcast episodes with you because you have you have so much great work out there. I mean, we could sit here and we could do a whole podcast on your podcast Read to Lead, which by the way is I'm I'm not sure if you've reached 10 billion downloads yet, but you're I know you're <laughs> I know you're getting close. Such a huge and and successful podcast. We could spend probably multiple episodes doing a podcast on your book, Read to Lead. That is a fantastic book as well. Oh, thank you. Uh and one of the things I really want to thank you for actually narrating, both you guys narrating the book, because mm. I think that just from a personal standpoint, I love it when the authors actually narrate their own audiobooks. books. That's, that's mm. I know I'm new school but i usually (laughs) listen to my books yeah that's
1: well i appreciate you saying that um that's very much something i wanted to do originally the the publisher had planned to outsource that and we were like well we'd like to do it my co-author and i like i mean we had to actually audition (laughs) for it (laughs) uh, and get accepted (laughs) believe it or not Uh, and we we obviously scored the audition so we're happy about that
0: well, considering you've had 20 something years or who knows how long in broadcasting, I think
1: you probably have a little edge on that. <laughs> I thought so. I glad that they confirmed that, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: But what I really wanted to get you on the podcast for is your note making mastery stuff. And I don't, we're going to talk about how you even started doing this. But I'm just telling you, it is not often that I get introduced or learn something that actually completely changes how i do things and how i work wow and that is why i wanted to get you on here because what you've done literally has changed the course of of how i do things Mm. and it's just so again rarely do i come across something that you know i'll get a tip here and a tip there but rarely do i come across something that just completely changes how i work so i'm just telling everyone listening right now you're (laughs) (laughs) You're going to want to pay attention because this is absolute gold, especially if you're a thought leader or you're doing any type of of books up or you're doing any type of notes. This is just such an amazing thing that I had no idea was was even out there. And Mm -hmm. and I do have one question. Mm -hmm. I am a true believer that necessity is the mother of all inventions. And I look back at your podcast and you, so your whole podcast is you talk with authors. So every week you're on with an author, you read their book, which is something that is fantastic. You, you've read their book, you've Mm -hmm. taken those, how much influence did having to go through 9 million, you know, different (laughs) episodes of your podcast on these books, how much did that influence how you developed or how you were forced to do your note making yourself?
1: Yeah, it impacted it a lot, in in the main way, for the first several years, I, I did the podcast and, and, and just my book reading and note taking in general was a was a slog. If I'm being completely honest and, tr- and transparent, um, it was several years into my podcast before I began to kind of stumble upon a, a better method, a better way. Uh, you know, I, I kind of took notes in the past the way I think a lot of people take notes and. That's as I'm reading the book, and I've got the book here on one side of my lap, let's say, and then I've got my notepad, or I like to use a, a remarkable paper tablet these days. Either way, I'm handwriting the notes, and, and, certain, and a lot of people still do that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but then I would finish, I would tuck those notes away, and never again would I access those notes unless... A thought popped into my head. You know, weeks or months down the road, and I went, "Oh, well, you know, I've I've read something about this. Let me go now find that. Where is the, what notebook is that in? Or, you know, which folder in in my remarkable tablet is that in? Um, and otherwise, those notes would just sit there and collect dust. And I began asking myself, you know, I'm reading a lot of books, and certainly there are books that you're going to read that are great for impacting your thinking going forward. Uh, but there's also a lot of books I read, many of them being nonfiction, that when you get done. If, if they're gonna serve any real purpose, you need to implement what you just read about. It's not enough to just read, you have to actually take action. There's a to-do list that's created after having read the book in a lot of cases. And mu- that often wasn't happening for me. And I, and I began sort of experimenting with what, how can I better make sure I'm not reading books just for the sake of reading books. I mean, I've got a podcast and I could do that for the foreseeable future, just read them to read them, just read them because I'm gonna interview the author. But a lot of times I want to put this stuff into action. How can I get better at that? How can I uh, do that more efficiently, more consistently? Because otherwise, it's, you may as well have not read the book or consumed the piece of content at all if you're not going to do something with what you learned. And that doesn't mean necessarily right now, but it means cataloging the information so that when you do need it, it's easily accessible, it's well-organized, it's uh, you got your own thoughts and ideas and insights added to the thoughts and ideas and insights of others. Um, and, and, and the I- whole idea there is when you get ready to create, you shouldn't have to ever worry about um, starting from nothing, I guess. Are you reading my notes? Because <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I, I am actually, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to actually read you my notes. Okay. I treat my notes and ideas like it's in a library. Mm-hmm. I would put files or ideas here and there, and they were never linked. They were never leveraged. And for me, caused me so much rework. I, I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have an idea and I'm like, oh, I did that in a presentation. I will spend hours going back, looking for those notes on, and, and that's just how I, I don't know what you call it, but that's how I organize my notes. And it's not efficient at all because I could never go back. I could never organize. I could never find. Mm. So when I read, I read to teach. So a lot of the stuff I do, I'll read things and it's so I can go out and I can re teach those concepts or those ideas. Mm. So being able to, I don't know, have those organized is probably pretty important. And for me, it would, I, so you just read exactly. I'm like, oh, yep, yep, check. So what is, like, what would you call my type of, you know, uh, learning or my type of note taking on how I how I did that?
1: Yeah, yeah. With regard to uh, styles, there are several different styles. And, and what I find uh, in, in this process is, as I teach this, a lot of times, many people have been acting uh, within one style or one archetype, and they come to the conclusion they have this epiphany that they're actually a different one. You know, they didn't know these existed before, and once they realize which one they truly are, they go, oh, I've been working in the wrong one. That's why this has been such a struggle for me. Is that something you identify with? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I so when when I so
0: for everyone listening, I went ahead and took uh, Jeff's cohort on on his note making master just because it's something. Again, I always try to better myself, learn, and this is something mm-hmm. that resonated with me. So I said, you know, I want to I want to take this uh, this cohort. And I came in, you know, and you did those, you know, the four types, the architect, I think the librarian, the gardener, and uh, the student. Mm. And I actually initially identified as maybe the librarian only because of that's how I thought. That's how my structures are on my files. That's how I kind of think and put things, and nothing's related to anywhere. But I truly came out of there, I think, more of as a gardener of Mm. growing these things and linking these things. And uh, to me, oh, my God, that is is where I gained – so much value from the stuff that you were teaching is that epiphania of, holy cow, I can actually use this stuff again and again, and they organically grow together. They come together. So if I have an idea on a limiting belief, hey, I, I want to do something, I want to I talk to people today about a limiting belief, I would spend hours trying to gather my data that and this with what I I go in and it's all there is like oh Mm. my god had you where were you
1: 10 years ago I'm mad at you you should have been (laughs) I needed you 10 years ago Mm. well yeah 10 years ago I can't say that I was at this place uh, and and, and certainly not ready to be teaching this it's for me it was uh, sort of a revelation when I was sitting down to write a book I'd always wanted to write a book and the hang-up for me was very similar to what you just described, is I would sit down to write and I was starting with a blank page, a blank screen, and I would have ideas about the things I wanted to write and go to my notes. And maybe I was going to write you know, the book I eventually did, uh, Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. I'm going I'm to write about the topic of reading and books and the value in that and how to do it and do it well. And, and maybe I want to discuss developing a reading habit. Well, I would go to my habits folder in my notes app and and to start going through what I had there, none of which was saved, when it was saved, with that context in mind of, hey, I'm going to write about habits with regard to reading one day, right? It's just a folder filled with a bunch of stuff on habits. And as you've intimated, sifting through that was a slog and took hours. And that began to, or what would quickly become, a brick wall. It would, it would be the resistance that I would run into and, and I'd end up not writing anything. I would just go through this stuff and nothing would ever happen I, or I would get disappointed because I didn't find ultimately what I was looking for um, and and hit that brick wall again and again and again. And, and most of what I would find, by the way, when I would look in that, say, habits folder, would be nothing more than other people's words. Um, there would be no reasons written as to why I saved this. There would be no context. There would be... Uh, no, no thoughts of my own oftentimes. And I, would, and I would end up having to reread something all over again that maybe I had already read once six months or a year earlier. But if I was going to get anything out of it, I had to start all over again. And so past me hadn't done you know, future me or now me any favors, right, with, with regard to that. And so as I knew I was getting closer and closer to writing a book, I thought, I've got to figure this out or it's never going to happen and it was actually through the book writing process that i kind of i began to flesh some of this out i first started reading about um zettelkasten which is a a german term uh, that literally means slip box or or note card box and and nicholas lumen who pioneered that system and and how it's leveraged oftentimes today and as i learned about zettelkasten i began to understand um different styles or archetypes of note-taking and looked at the research from ness labs and Anne lure lecomf over there and and putting again putting some of this together and had very much the same res, uh, re- revelation you did and i find a a lot of people in my cohorts have there is a a, a large contingent who come into the cohort thinking specifically they're a librarian and discovering that they've been acting in that archetype because that's what they've been taught. of. that's the only one they know. They don't even think of it as an archetype or a librarian. That's just what they've been taught. And they learn this, these different archetypes and realize, well, I've been working in this, but I'm really this thing over here. So quickly, architect is, is one archetype. And so if you enjoy planning or designing uh, processes and frameworks, let's say, you need a note-taking tool that allows you to easily... Uh, structure your ideas, you're probably an architect. And architects, many architects, sort of lean to a, a, a notes app called Notion. Because it it, it uh, lends itself very much to frameworks and designing and, and, and structuring ideas. Then there's Gardener. So if you enjoy um, uh, exploring, uh, connecting various thoughts together, uh, if you need a note-taking tool that helps you grow your ideas, if you like to think of your notes as a garden that can grow organically and often serendipitously and 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 maybe lean away from feeling like you have to categorize every note at the outset, you'd rather it sort of find its way on its own, uh, then you're probably a gardener. Um, librarian, you mentioned that. Uh, collecting ideas, uh, building a catalog of resources, much like a Literal librarian. Uh, you look, you're looking for a note taking tool that uh, helps you easily retrieve your ideas. And then, student is kind of something that we're all a part of from time to time. Sometimes, literal students would fall in this category. But when we find ourselves uh, in a hurry, we don't have a lot of time, then we'll gravitate toward a student archetype, which might mean using an app like, I don't know, Notability, something that allows us to record like a real time in real time conversation or presentation quickly I didn't mention these but librarians tend to lean toward Evernote and gardeners tend to lean towards something like obsidian or or Rome research as their tool of choice each of those tools notion obsidian Evernote or notability in the case of the student uh, these notes apps are what I call your 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 home base your central hub and so you have to have that in other words everything you collect has to eventually end up there. I take a lot of notes by hand when I'm reading physical books or when I'm listening to audiobooks like I was last week on a plane. I'll take notes by hand eventually, but those notes that I take by hand have to ultimately end up at my home base, in my central hub, sometimes called a second brain, if they're going to be any use to me later, if they don't ultimately end up there then I'm going to be hard-pressed to make use of them. They're going to be like my notes used to be, and notes I take just for the sake of taking notes, and they don't ever amount to anything.
0: So here's what surprises me the most. My job, I run IT. Mm-hmm. I do technology for a living. It's like I manage IT. And I had no idea of these personal, you know, knowledge management systems. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did I never? hear about these? How did I never know about these? And so I went in and I started using the obsidian. That's the one kind of, you know, through yourself, that's the one that I Mm -hmm. felt most could benefit the way that I do things. And I'm just telling you, it is, you know, an example that I did, you know, limiting beliefs. I can go into my obsidian and do limiting belief. And all of a sudden I have this huge map of content related to limiting beliefs. It does it itself. It literally Mm -hmm. links these things together. I'm not the one, and here's what's so great about it, about it for me. I'm not the one that's sitting there linking these different ideas together. It's the technology. It's the Obsidian, you know, for, for me at least, the Obsidian. It's the technology that's linking those things together uh, mm-hmm. automatically and organically. And that's what's so, to me, that was what was so mind-blowing about going through your your stuff was,
1: I didn't even know this stuff was available, and this is my job <laughs> a t- t- technology. Well, one thing it made me think of is, is is folks listening to the definitions of those of those archetypes or, or note-taking styles may have identified with more than one. Um, and, and the beauty there is uh, you can combine them to a degree. I don't know if you do this or not. But some of my students will use a tool like Obsidian because they want to think more like a gardener and, and allow their ideas to grow organically and serendipitously. But they also want some structure a la a librarian. And so you can go into an app like Obsidian and if you want to have structure. If you want to have some folders and subfolders and create some hierarchies. You can still do that, but you don't have to be uh, beholden to that. It's, it's, it's not the only way you can do it. You can create like you said, maps of content. You can, you can, again, let your notes just be by themselves and uncategorize completely if you want to do that, which I do with a lot of my notes, and only discover later how I might want to then organize that. Uh, so, so you have a little bit more flexibility that way.
0: Last week, I was putting together a, uh, a presentation, just a short 15-minute presentation. And before, it would be almost like Groundhog Day I would have to open up something and relearn, redo, refind everything over and over mm. again. It literally was. It was like every time I go do something, it's like Groundhog Day. And being able to open up a knowledge system, my idea system. I know you. I know you call this like a note mastery. And for for me, the way I look at it is, it is a idea organizer or a ideas organization it's like to me i got the benefit the biggest benefit not only from the note taking stuff but from how i could now finally finally organize my thoughts and organize my ideas so that's again that's why it made such a a huge huge difference uh,
1: for me there's this this idea or this thought process too of um when you do create a folder system let's say and you do want to put things in folders, create your folder system and develop that based on actionability, right? Um, Think about uh, where and in what context you're going to need this note in the future. Uh, Context is huge, so that could affect where you save the note and what folder you put it in. If if you do indeed use folders, that might impact the um, uh, uh, tags, if you use tags that you put on it. When you think in terms of context and actionability, like where do I want to find this note in the future? Or in what context do I want to find this note in the future? What project am I currently working on that this note would serve? And then, and then organize it with that in mind, rather than, oh, this is an article, a web article on habits, so I'm going to stuff it in a habits folder, or I'm going to tag it with habits. That doesn't help you near as much as when you think about, well, why am I saving this in the first place? How is this going to be useful to me down the road? And let me organize it with that in mind instead. I'm
0: really curious because, again, we've talked about some of the stuff that you've done. You've been in broadcasting. You've got you know, this huge podcast. You've got your book. <laughs> what prompted you to start teaching people on how to take notes? Because, again, you don't have to do that. This isn't your core. It's not your core business.
1: Right. Yeah, well, I, I saw the impact that it had on my work. And as I began to sort of talk about to my to my email list uh, in my in my newsletter about some of the, these things, I began getting some feedback uh, similar to the kinds of things you've been saying. Well, wow, wow! I I think I need to know this too, or this is very helpful, Jeff. These emails, uh, you know, tell me more kinds of responses. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not alone. There are a lot of people apparently who have this same struggle that I had. Uh, And then I began asking that question. Should I put something together? I even did a a free workshop where I walked through some of the history of this and how I came to this point. And I had no agenda at the end. There wasn't anything I was selling. I just asked the question, if I were to put together something, um, a course or a cohort, is that something that you would be interested in? And overwhelmingly, like 75% of the room, I think it was, was like, yeah, sure. And so that was sort of a validation and and i began kind of parsing it out and and determining well how many sessions is it going to be am i going to teach it in a self-paced way or is it going to be a live cohort is it going to be both it's turned out to be you know uh, both at this point Uh, but i love teaching live and so i I like that aspect of it as well and the chances i get to do that's a lot of fun Um, but that's kind of how it it came about and, and and i just was having so much fun with it personally i thought well how many other people are are denying themselves this fun that I'm having? And maybe I could, I could help other people kind of finally get a grasp on this. And I have found so many people struggle with organization and, and something I alluded to before, in taking notes because they know it's something they need to be doing on the content they consume. Books, podcasts, web articles, videos they, they watch, TED Talks, etc. And then not ultimately doing anything with those notes. And as I said before, as we continue to do that, we may as well not be consuming the content at all other than for how some of it might impact our thinking. But if we're not doing anything with it, what's the point? We're just spinning our wheels and wasting our time. And I just I just wanted to see less of that time wasting. And having just published my own book, Read to Lead, it was a logical next step. Okay, reading and doing that consistently Um, that's important, but what do we do with the notes we take from that reading we do? Let's make sure that we actually put what we read into action. And so that just seemed like the next logical step for me. So for me, I just
0: love it when someone comes across something based on necessity, based on what they do. And it can make such an impact and that becomes something that they teach to me. To me, that is what it is all about. So I, I, I love hearing stories like that. And I can tell you, you know, some of the tools that you talked about in the cohort, it, it has just streamlined how I do things, you know, from the read wise stuff to all these different things that I had no idea was out there that I can utilize now. To be a hundred percent more efficient than I was beforehand, you know how I take not only the notes that I take, but how I take them, how I uh, how I capture them is just it's, it's changed uh, completely. I no longer do things like I did before. So, and and one thing I I rarely have people on the podcast to talk about a product because mm. we're here to talk, we're here to learn, we're we're here to you know everyone has gold nuggets, but. The, the impact that this stuff made to me was so big that I knew I had to get you on to. because <laughs> I'm telling you if I would have had this 10 years ago mm. I would be so much further ahead and it's a shame if someone out there right now if, if someone's listening right now that's going through this and they don't even know that this exists and that's the big thing is it does exist <laughs> I'm a technology and I didn't know
1: <laughs> how well, does you, that happen? You know I'm, I'm so delighted to hear you say that uh, I, I appreciate the compliment um, I I I take very, very seriously what I do. And as I teach, I've learned that you can't uh, necessarily depend on uh, what you see with your eyes with regard to what's sinking in with students. I remember you being in, I think, the second cohort and uh, seeing, you know, you on the screen as I'm teaching. And I just remember this very stoic man and a very serious face and I would sometimes think, "I wonder if, if Sean's getting anything out of this." <laughs> well, you have <laughs> answered that question. And, and just a reminder to me, as a teacher, as someone who likes to teach live, um, you know your students' faces are often misread. I, again, I would think. I don't know if this is. I don't know if he's enjoying this. I don't know if he's getting anything out of this. You obviously were, but your face wasn't telling me that.
0: So that is that is something from a personal development standpoint that I have to work on. My wife goes, Sean, you have resting bee face all the time. (laughs) 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 Well, you're not the
1: you're not the (laughs) only one by any means. I've I've done uh, in person talks, and I remember one in particular where I uh, someone came up to me afterwards, and we were chatting. They were asking a question. And I, and I said I just need to ask you something and they're say, they're like sure I said um, did did something I say anger you and I mentioned whatever the thing was, and they're like, "Well, no, no. In fact, I, I just I zeroed in on it because when well, your face, you looked like you were mad. I'm like, no, that's my thinking face. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's my thinking face. And it's like <laughs> when I'm like that, it's like uh, gears are turning. But yeah, she says I have resting bee face. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on onto the show. Uh, any everyone that's listening right now, you know, uh dot com, uh, and then also uh, your actual site for this is jeffbrown.me. Go there. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm telling you, it can be, I, man, I do not say this often, but this can be life changing. If you do anything with ideas, you do anything with writing a book or taking, taking notes, or, or you do anything with data, like ideas and stuff. I'm telling you this, this, this is literally changed how I do things. So mm-hmm. thank you from the bottom of my heart for actually going through and putting this, uh, putting this stuff out. And thank you for coming onto the show and, and, and being with us today.
1: Well, it's certainly my pleasure. I appreciate being here and the chance to share a bit about what I'm doing. And uh, uh, so appreciate the invitation. Thank you, Sean. And if you're driving right now,
0: uh, in the show notes, we're going to have all these links as well to get a hold of Jeff so you don't have to stop your car and... (laughs) (laughs) they'll all be in the show notes don't worry uh but go and visit with uh with jeff because uh he's got some fantastic uh, things his podcast Go listen to his if you're on this podcast jump over to read lead podcast because it's another great podcast so again thank you so much and i look forward to kind of the next steps of of what you're doing thank you so much i want to thank jeff so much for being on the show today and if you enjoyed this episode Please take a second to rate the show on iTunes. You know, every podcaster will tell you that, you know, the iTunes reviews drives listeners to our shows, so please take a moment to do that and let us know what your thoughts are and make sure that you also subscribe using your favorite podcast player. It means so much to me and the guest and until next week, always remember to
1: think big.